All right, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode two. Uh, I am Mick, and we're joined by my my boy Isaac. Konnichiwa, minasan. Konnichiwa. Um, today, well, I mean, we finally got podcast zero, podcast one out. We've uh, been working hard. Long days. Long days, kicking out all of the. There's just like a lot of little things. Yeah, all the nitty gritty stuff, like the things that don't think you take long, that wouldn't think that they would take long, but for some reason just weigh you down. <laughs> yeah, like I think that's really something. Hey, uh, you just you want to release something good. We want to we want to make something nice for people to listen to. We want good quality. Yeah, none just amateur shit. Speak of good quality, uh, Isaac. I uh, went and picked up a mic so uh, we can listen to his beautiful voice in HD. Indeed, so that other dodgy head headset that we had on. Yeah, it actually sounds really nice. Let's hope it picks up well in the audio for this. Well, like I'm, we're talking through Discord right now, but it sounds it sounds immaculate. It sounds better than I've ever heard uh, Isaac's voice, at least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you know what? It's a fine voice today. <laughs> Only happens every once a week. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> just for the podcast. And you just got a coffee from your sister. How lovely. Yeah, it's, uh, I finished it already. Oh, man. I, you already finished it? I just have a water. Isaac, you, what's been happening in your life? What's Not happening lot, this man. week? I had a, had a big week working, hitting the gym, been gym twice yeah. this week already. Spent, oh, I don't know, I think I've already done 20 hours for the week in like two and a bit days. So uh, putting in the hours of work, then, you know, we've been uh, working hard on the podcast too, so ideas are flowing. Ideas are definitely flowing. Stuff's going good. It's uh, it's been a long couple of days, I reckon. Like, we've been on the phone a lot, a lot more than what we usually would be. I reckon we've been on the phone for a good three to four hours the last two days. Just a chatting, trying to get everything ready. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing this morning. I was like, we've, we've been talking about stuff a lot, but I mean, it's good. It's just uh, the first initial stages take so long, so. I'm not even going to lie. I think I've been on the phone to you more than I have my girlfriend or my fiance. So uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, I feel like it's, it's close. You're just to unresistible. Too. Yeah, it's my charm. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've just been working on, I'm supposed to, I keep getting distracted because I'm a little excited about making stuff for the podcast and like wanting to create stuff for YouTube as well. So I actually have my graduation thesis I may have mentioned last time that I'm supposed to be writing and I just keep getting distracted. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. Like I th- I'm pretty sure, pretty sure when we spoke on Monday, you were like, oh yeah, I gotta get this done. Like chop, chop, Tom. And I was like, yeah, no worries. Ring you like two hours later. Oh, yeah, so I haven't done anything on the uh, assignment yet. I'm still working on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so I got really distracted. So for, for those of you who don't know me, how do I explain this? I have, like, a creative mind when it comes to certain things. And so, like, I had an idea because we're talking about podcasts. And so, like, I got this idea in my head, and I won't, I won't say it in case it goes to shambles and we, like, can't release it the way I'm thinking about it. But I had a, a great idea. And uh, I just wanted to execute it so badly. So I just got very distracted. And I've been doing that for a while. <laughs> yeah. But for those of you coming on YouTube, we haven't released anything there yet. Hopefully it'll be next week by the sound of it. 
things are moving fairly okay. So we're aiming to release on YouTube as well next week, just to get all the platforms. Exactly. We want uh, everyone to just be able to listen on their favorite platform. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Make it easy for them. Anyway, this this week or today, we uh, we have some topics spicing it up uh, compared to uh, last week or episode one. We did anime music story time this week. We're starting off with a prefecture segment, if I'm not wrong. Is that right? Yeah, we are prefecture sports and news. We got some news to uh, get into, but as far as the the prefecture segment, uh, our story last week, if uh, you guys can recall, or from episode one, was um, a story of when Isaac actually came to visit me in Osaka. Um, Our prefecture segment is about Osaka, so... Some of our experiences, some of the street food stuff, and uh, to get into it, I guess we'll explain. Anyone who's never been to Osaka, um, the easiest way, the kind of like, I don't know, yeah, easiest way to describe the place, it's a big, big city in in Japan. I think it's the third largest city in Japan. Mm, Something along those lines. It's, it's, It's huge. Like, the subways there literally run... For kilometers upon kilometers. Yeah, I'm fairly sure it's number three in all of Japan. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the next kind of big thing that it's known for is the street food uh, and for the, the people. Um, all all the people are usually, uh, what, what do you call it? Like known for being like bubbly and stuff. So there's just these kind of mm. like bubbly people in Osaka. Which friendly. Are, yeah, friendly. Maybe that's a that's a more polite word to use. Like we have a friend here in where I live that we catch, that I catch up with quite often when I study. And she's just such a lovely person, like so friendly, like always wants to go out of their way to help you. Like it's just her, their nature. Yeah. And so just really down to earth people and street food. So my, we'll we'll get into street food because obviously food is uh Food is great. Food is good. Food is... Oh, food is like love. Food is what nece- I live off. Yeah, necessary for life. Um, do you have a favorite street food that you got to eat in Osaka, Isaac? Oh, that's a hard one, man. I mean, so we got... When I was there, we were walking through like the markets. They were like, you know, lined down these streets. And... uh we stopped and I got some, it was like, almost like yakiniku, but like on a stick. Um, and it was beef and it was some of the best meat I've eaten. Like really good. And then we also got some tuna there, like fresh off the boat tuna. Just that real good totoro. Totoro. The, wait, the, the, mm. yeah. That's so good. The real fatty part of it. Wait, who did you, was that with me? No, no, that was with Chloe. Okay, okay. Because I was like, wait, I don't remember that. So you no, went... I was that sick when I was there that we didn't do much. We went to the onsen. That was about it, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels bad. So with Chloe, you went to Osaka as well. Yeah, so when I went with Chloe, we went to Hakuba, Osaka, Tokyo, and Kyoto. And you guys did a lot of tripping. Spent three weeks. Um, hopefully spend some more time there. 
soon. Soon. We're all we're all waiting for the the flights to open back up. Um, but no. So your so your favorite thing, sorry, was tuna. The oh look, between tuna and the uh, and the meat, the meat was so delicious. I can't just pass that up. But like they were both like yeah right up there on the same level. This this is off topic, but do you remember? So Isaac came out with uh, my girlfriend myself for um like all you can mm. eat. Uh, yakiniku. Yakiniku tabehodai. Oh. Yeah, Jap- the Japanese yakiniku tabehodai is like all you can eat. So we went. It was just a chain, but goodness, that chain was tasty. She was popping off. I reckon we ate at least like four kilos of meat that night. And the Caesar salads there, so good. Oh. Tell you what, yeah. Caesar salads, like the, even the salad, yeah, we ended up ordering a bunch of those. Um, I think I had three of them. Yeah, <laughs> three three salads for this guy's uh, two kilos of meat. You know? Yeah, yeah, gotta even it up. That yeah, you know, make your mom proud. Yeah, that's that's why I was eating the salads. But no, that's actually tasty. But back to Osaka food. My experience is like a little bit different, I guess. In that, like. I was living in Hyogo Prefecture and then in Kyoto, Pre- or Kyoto. So um, I didn't directly go to Osaka too often. I just passed by quite often. Um, I've gone to the street food there when back in the day, my mom came and visited me and I took her down to the street food. And I remember takoyaki, the octopus. Mm. It's like octopus balls. That's, uh, I shouldn't say it like octopus balls. <laughs> um, it's like. They're little. Oh- balls of meat <laughs> that sounds wrong too but like the te- octopus tentacles chopped up and then put with like a sauce and deep fried into a bowl if that makes sense yeah yeah so they have it's the yeah, best way bat- i can explain it yeah they have a batter and then they put the octopus in the batter cook it and then when it's cooked they put sauces on top and other like little things that's like the basic there's other stuff in the batter but mm. yeah and you get the little flakes on top yeah, the do you know what the f- flakes are? I, uh, I knew, and I was just trying to think of what they were called, but I can't remember. I don't remember what they're called, but they're they're just fi- they're fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah. There's a specific word for them because because they're made out of like the the toughest fish in like around. I'm pretty sure. Well, I, that's that sounds really arbitrary the way that I said that, but. I just remember I was watching a documentary a little while ago of how they made it. It was just like super dried, crazy rock hard fish, and they just they grind it and make these fish flakes. Bonito. Ah, uh, bonito. Well, bonito there you go. flakes. I knew it was started with B. I just couldn't remember what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was. There's, there's, yeah, takoyaki. What's another thing? Yakisoba is also another one that's mm. like really famous. Um, and that's just kind of like noodles, like mixed noodles. Like, uh, they, they do it, they have yakisoba at festivals a lot as well. Mm. That's always good. I haven't actually had yakisoba yet. You haven't? No, that's one thing I haven't had. I, I think my goal was to try it when we were there with you. But I spent most of the week in that hotel, so I, I think the furthest I got was that 
uh, Yakiniku place. That's that's so unfortunate. Well, I mean, mm. when you come to Brisbane next, they they sell uh, the yakisoba sauce and the noodles mm. and everything. They, even the meat that you use for it, all at the Japanese supermarket. So we'll have to give it a go. I've made it before. I guess that's a... Uh, yeah, we're doing that. And we need to redo some uh, butadon. Oh, yeah, some butadon. Some mm. classics. People who don't know... You know, Japanese cuisine, it's it's really good. Um, mm. I feel like th- they just do it right. So if you have a chance, you, you know, if you're taking notes of the food, all these food you can probably Google and it'll come up right away because it's all really famous stuff. Like you should, mm. even if you think it's weird, you should just give it a go and try. It. You know, I wasn't a big fan of octopus, but then I tried this takoyaki, and because of the batter and because of the sauces that you put on it. I actually really enjoy it. Just like a bit of octopus that way. In saying that, octo, octo, a lot of people like squid, right? It's quite similar to squid, except you can taste the tentacles in the octopus and it's quite chewy. A lot of people don't actually like takoyaki and I think it's because of the, the sauce that's inside the batter, um, which I find weird because I love it. Yeah, I, I also really like it. Is that, is that so? Who Wait, do you, is it like foreign friends that don't like it? Well, I used to work at the sushi shop at the uni for quite a few years. We used to sell takoyaki, and everyone that I spoke to just seemed to not like it. So I think it's more foreigners. Um, Like, you know, granted, that's only a small populace of people, but, like, it's still enough where I could say that it's seemingly that foreigners don't like takoyaki. Uh, Yeah, I see. I see what you mean. Like, I I feel like it's a... There's a couple of things. It's like miso as well in Japan. I feel like there's some things that are acquired taste. Like I know foreigners that really like it, but then, you know, it's it's a bit of a hit and miss one. Mm. I think next episode we should cover food as one of our topics because we could go on for this for hours, but we should really stick to Osaka. We, we should stick to Osaka. Thank you very much. So <laughs> to go back to the last food that reminds me of like Osaka myself, um, my host dad is from, actually they're from Kyoto. But uh, I've gone out with him a couple of times. He's taken me to Osaka and he, he tells me as we go, he's like, this is the heart. This is the real Osaka. I'll show you the real stuff. And it's just, <laughs> I think what he means by that is it's just like the, the not famous side, the just kind of grungy, like real, realistic, almost re- not quite realistic, but I mean like, we go to these places that seem a little bit dingy, so to speak. If I'm if I'm just being like honest about, about like my personal, they seem run down. Yeah, yeah, they seem run down kind of areas. But then they had uh, food like there was this horumon is what you call it, um, horumon yaki, um, which I, I can't remember. I think horumon is just like the like pretty much the fats. Of like different, different stuff. Um, I'm just pulling it up now. Like I'm pretty sure that's uh, horumonyaki comes like from the side cuts kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, like the side cuts and like everything that's not used in like other like dishes meat distribution. Yeah, is like almost they they take the stuff that's not used, which is 
pretty pretty popular in Japan is anything that's not used, they try not to waste and they use it in something else. And horumon is one of those things that it's like the waste. So it's not seen as like a, a fancy food by any measure. But it's a very like a street. Yeah, yeah. And I just found it, it was really interesting. I don't think I could eat it like every time. And uh, I did definitely feel like, I felt like it had like more fats on it and stuff. That's the best part. Some some people would just love that. I'm I'm sure. But yeah, hormone was definitely the big standout for me. And then um, kushikatsu, kushikatsu is also a a beautiful dish from that's pretty famous in Osaka. It's like just pretty much deep fried everything with with a bit of sauce. Mm. So can't go can't go wrong. I feel like another real Osaka food is okonomiyaki. I haven't actually had it yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like it's one of them, like, I always hear about it whenever anyone talks about Osaka. It's like, you have to have the okonomiyaki from there. Yeah, okonomi- okonomiyaki. I can't say it. Okonomiyaki. I've had it, um, Osaka version, and then there's a Hiroshima version. Um, I don't know, like, specifically which one I like best. They're similar in taste, obviously. It's batter, and it's, like, relatively same things, but it's different way that they make it. And I haven't been in Japan for like a year now, so it's hard to remember. <laughs> yeah. All I remember is that stuff's delicious. Yeah, it's all delicious. Um, so places of interest. What were some places of interest? You were obviously there for a year, so you got to view quite a lot of the city and that. What are some of the places of interest you found while you were there? Oh, places of interest. Like I think uh Shin Shin Osa oh wait, Shin Sekai. That's what it's called, right? Shin Osaka is the the station I picked you up at. Yeah. So to lead back to the story that was on uh, episode one, if you haven't listened to that one, um, get back. So Shin Sekai is really really famous to like the foreigners and to just generally everyone there. But I just I just think it's a really chillax. It's a very authentic spot that gets you all the street food but then you're still closer to like shopping and stuff as well and then that's also where we went to the onsen yeah sure. I, well something world wasn't it oh yeah like spa world yeah spa world i think is what it was called very western name but they had like a ridiculous amount of onsens there like the one i think they had like three levels or something of onsens yeah yeah, yeah. and like so from my understanding when what Mick explained to me while we were there is they change the onsens depending on the season and stuff like that. So like, you know, they might have a themed onsen one month and then change it the next month and they have it. So there's a boys level and a girls level kind of thing. So they separate the levels into boys and girls. And then, you know, you obviously go undress, get in the onsens. And I was just astounded by how many they had. And they even had a sauna on the level we were at. So like all different degrees of bars, different, um, I want to say flowers. What do you call them? Like lavender and that. All different types of those. Oh, diff- different like ointments and like fragments. Yeah. In different baths and that. So that, you know, you could relax. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember that as well. It was, it was really nice. Like, I think that's something that, well, yeah, this is not Osaka specific, but the like fragments and stuff that they put in onsens. Hmm. It's, it's just, it does get you in the relaxing mood. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah Wait, I've gone sure. to yeah, I went to Universal Studios as well. That was a part of the yeah the time I've had in Osaka. 
So Universal Studios is actually opening up. They have a Mario section. It's like a Nintendo, like Mario world. Yeah. I did hear about this. Yeah, it's super cool. And so that they just, they, I don't think they've opened it yet. It's like soon. Um, like they had a, a Japanese YouTuber, really famous Japanese YouTuber, Hikakin. Um, he uh, was able to like go and tour it and nobody was there. And he was just like shooting his vid for it. And with that, the Mario park that's coming up, uh, they have um, a, like a, a watch that that you can get where it's like not it's like a wristband and so then when you go around the park to different like exclamation marks where you, you collect coins you can like bump your your wrist on it all and you just collect coins as you go i don't know what you use the coins for but it seems pretty cool that's pretty cool i wonder if you get like a prize or something if you collect them all or maybe you get a free ride if you go collect enough oh that'd be pretty cool i mean last time we went it was quite big Wait, did you go to um, Universal Studios or have you gone anywhere like that in Japan? Yeah. Yeah, I've been to Universal Studios in Osaka. Um, for those of you who don't know, my fiance is a huge Harry Potter fan. So uh, that was, I think, the first ride we got on. It's the Harry Potter one. The one that's like nice. indoors, it's like cinematic cut and you like ride around fly. That was pretty cool. It was, it, yeah, the Harry Potter one's pretty cool. What, what was your personal favorite? Did you get to ride the flying dinosaur? No, I didn't. Now I think about it, making me sad. Oh wait, was that the one that goes in the air and you're like are hanging like the rails above you? Yeah, yeah. So the the rails are above you and you're like positioned in the Superman position. Yeah, I didn't get to ride that one. We rode the water dinosaur one, which was pretty cool, but we didn't get to ride. The line for that one that was above you was huge, man. Like I'm talking like two hundred people and I was like, I'm not lining up for that long to get on that ride. Yeah. And I'm not paying money to jump the line. Hundred percent. Like it, it's one of their longest. I had a one year pass, so for me, there was a couple times where I went with friends on like weekdays where it was like less people, but definitely the flying dinosaur, the one that like you, you hang down and the tracks above you, like that one, definitely has the longest line every time. I feel like I've waited there for like four hours before. Totally not worth it. <laughs> I mean the ride sure like that that two minutes of fun is great but like four hours is just it's long <laughs> it's a it's a long time mm. but yeah so Osaka there's plenty of stuff to do there they've got Universal Studios they've got onsens if that is what you think you got plenty of beautiful street food and uh, Shinsekai is where you can well get most of it you can't get Universal Studios but I mean Shinsekai is your place for all of you who are thinking of exploring Osaka. I feel like there's a lot of really nice places in Osaka. Oh, yeah. Like, just if you go out and walk and explore, you come across so many beautiful things. Yeah, like, you had, because uh, you went out when I had, like, school and stuff. You went out a little mm. bit. Did you find anything, like, that you found was just really, like, stuck out to you? No. Not really when I was there with you, because I kind of tried to stay in bed when you were at school, so I could say Menji. But when we was with Chloe and that, we came across some pretty cool, like, street areas um, that were different. Like, you know, you, you'd walk, I don't know, 10 minutes, and you'd be able to find somewhere. Like, there's just a lot of places that you can go and find stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, okay. 
what what do you mean by stuff? Is there like was there some like like a lot of street food. food, like just more food and like more places to go into, like you know, you've got all your gaming stores and all that beautiful stuff, like anime stores and manga stores. Just don't go oh, to the top yeah. of them because there's there's not good stuff at the top of those those buildings. There's all R rated. No, oh, all all R rated. So depends what you're looking for, I guess. Yeah. But um I just like like the floor with the games, the anime and the manga. Yeah. I'm happy with that. You might have you might have been that might have been the region. Like I haven't I don't know it specifically, but people who knew who know uh Tokyo and know Akihabara, uh the anime manga kind of like city. Um apparently there's a city or like a, a district like that in Osaka. And so that there is. I forget the name. You yeah. Like I've I've heard of it before, but I definitely didn't go out of my way. I just bought like manga at the book like book off. This is this is off topic again, but book off. For any of you who are studying Japanese and want to get cheap manga while you're in Japan, book off sells uh secondhand books and all of it is really good condition because it all gets checked. But great great place to go if you're a, a manga collector. So it's called Nippon Bashi. Uh, okay, yeah. And I've there's multiple. There. There's not just one. I'm pretty sure there's two different Nippon Bashis. Yeah. I feel like that's all... I mean, it's Osaka still. That's why it's close to Shin, Shin mm. Sekai, but... Yeah. A lot of good stuff there, though. Beautiful stuff. Recommend. I can give Osaka a solid recommendation for all you who want to explore. I feel like big cities in Japan, right? It's the thing that if you haven't been to Japan before... You should probably check out the big cities because they have just so much to offer. And then when you're going back for like the next time you go back or like third or fourth time, you can get more into like what city you like the most. Spend some time there, but then spend some time in like some countryside or go explore some other parts of Japan. So Osaka is one of those. Yeah. Like I would love to just explore the countryside. like, Find the one place we really like, go there, and then like go off and explore these other unknown areas. Yeah, yeah. I think for a lot of people, like Osaka is their their city that I feel like I've I've met a lot of people that Osaka is their favorite city that they like. Mm. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not decided yet. You know, I like Osaka. I like Tokyo's. Tokyo's all right. It's just it's just pretty big. Hmm. <laughs> I like uh, also for people who go to Hokkaido. I really liked Sapporo in winter. It was super cool. Mm. So, you know, big cities exploring. We might talk about uh, Tokyo and Sapporo and other other things later. Yeah, plenty more to but, explore uh, on those topics too. Yeah. So for now, um, we might we might lead into a, a bit of sports topic, a bit of chitter chat. Hmm. I'm gonna chat about some sports. So we are uh, we we're having our like pre-podcast structure set up. We haven't chat about it. What we wanted to chat about this one, and we decided to go with sports, and we set some homework. Um, we went onto our little interwebs and found the soccer Zenkoku Taikai high school version. So we went and watched that, and. Uh, we have some thoughts on it, some reviews, some reflections. Well, how do you feel about it? 
bro, you're being, you're being so kind to me. We had homework and I didn't even like get to actually watching the full thing. And he's still, he's still not going to, you know, tell you guys at the podcast. Uh, he's going to let me off. He's going to, he's not going <laughs> to out me yet. What a nice guy. But I got around to watching like the, the first, I watched the first two goals of, of the, the match yeah. today, this morning. Uh, which was pretty much, I almost got to the end of the first half and then I got filled in from, from Isaac, but um, it's a team from Aomori and a team from Tochigi, Tochigi prefecture. Um, man, those high schoolers are talented though. Yeah, man, their skills are just on another level. Like the main thing I took out of it, like watching that, comparing it to Australia, I put a lot of a sport here. And uh, the main thing I took out of it is just the skill level. Like, if you were to put that into an Australian context and put Australian schools up against them in those kind of scenarios, I guarantee you, the way Aomori played, like, they would wipe the floor with any Australian team. Like, maybe not at the professional level, but at any high school side, like, <laughs> no chance. Yeah, I think that was, like, the most surprising, right, was, was that they're just, they're you have to like remember and like remind yourself that they're just a high school team because they were playing so well. Yeah. With such professionalism too. Like, you know, they, the communication out there was like top notch from Aomori. They dominated the game. I will give them that. They, they played unreal. Um, Tochigi struggled a little bit in defense. Couldn't really get the ball forward. I mean, they had a couple shots on goal, but nothing like threatening as per se. Whereas Aomori just dominated from the get go. Like, ball always in the opposition half, on the front foot, had a lot of good shots on goal. They walked away 5-0. Like, to do that to a yeah. team at that level, it's just unreal. And for, like, for those of you that don't know how Japanese sports works, Zenkoku Taikai is the national tournament. So, it there's none of this round-robin BS that Australia does. It's like, you're there to play, you either win and you move on, or you lose and you're out. So, for a lot of these kids, they're playing, you know, third-year final year of their high school, you know, they get a win to keep playing. They lose and they're out. That's done. Like that's their high school career over. So I found it like, I love that side of it. Like where it's just cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not so, uh, used to the like Australian system either. Cause I, I came from Canada and I think I was too, like I, I wasn't invested enough, but definitely like the cutthroat aspect of it. And I think the, the mentality that Japanese have about sports and about kind of like, um, about their, their club, their club activities and stuff in general. I think that's what forms such like a, cause I, I was on a club at the university doing uh, table tennis or ping pong, whatever you want to call it, um, for half the year in 2019. And I just found like the mentality of these people who were training, I was like almost like questioning if I'm allowed to just be in their presence while they're practicing because they were just so hardcore and so focused to get to like pers- get better at the the sport this is the thing though right this is what I struggled with when I played sport at club level when I was younger was that you know you feel like you're just given everything you've got like you know you're putting in the extra kilometers and the runs you're you're working hard you're making sure that you're the one pushing the team and then the team doesn't really want to be pushed whereas over there it's really this mentality as a whole, as a collective, where we're all trying to go for that top spot, I'm going to be the one to win. And that's what pushes a society slash um, people to such a high level, is they just keep going no matter what. And, like, that's why you hear about these things of, like, 
high suicide rates know that over there because when people fail, they feel like a failure as a person. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's definitely some like societal aspects to it, but definitely honorable in the way that, mm. you know, you and I watched, watched the soccer game and we're like in awe of how crazy good these players are. And it's just because of training themselves in this like focus and to have such an attention rate. Yeah, for sure. Really, yeah. Really surprised me. Like watching that, yeah, watching that again just reminded me of like, <clears throat> so I watched Zen Kutaikai in person of like the table tennis matches that were happening. Um, and that was, uh, you know, from a personal experience, you know, just that was university. So it's another level up from then high school. But like there was just, it was packed, it was sold out, and people were there to watch table tennis and it was the most intense thing it was like if people anyone's been watching uh the anime ping pong the animation uh it's like it gets intense it gets intense and i was watching there was this guy from tokyo this is off from soccer but on ping pong there's this guy from tokyo who comes in and he just wipes the floor of like all the people from the the Kansai region and like my, my homies, he just walks up and just destroys them. And I was like, Oh my goodness. It's like, I couldn't believe that the people that I train with as well, they, they all do really well. Like they all to make it to Zenko Taikai to make it to the, the nationals, the national finals like that takes so much. They are in the highest ranks of, uh, players. But then on top of that, this guy just walks in from Tokyo and just beats everyone that i knew and i was like oh oh man and like these guys have skill i remember the video you showed me when you were over there doing this and i'm like oh that dude has got some skill like i remember you showed me the top dude and they put like a like a little hit tape together on him on his like best moments and that dude had skill he was good like he was almost professional and to be wiped by this other dude like oh yeah some serious skill i should share this one so to to put it in perspective for those Australian listeners, the top Australian players came to train with my university students. I I train with. Um, I I've never won against all of anyone when they were like properly playing and not just goofing around. I've never won. I've won a couple of points here and there, but never won. And so then here's the best Australian player comes and was training with them. And I asked the captain of the team that I, w- I was there with, because he was the one who was training with the, the Aussie bloke. And uh, he, he goes like, I don't want to be rude, but like, I was expecting a little bit more. <laughs> just the ultimate disrespect, or not even disrespect, just like, you know what? I had, I had high hopes. They were, they were representing the, their country and they disappoint. Yeah, I mean, there was me, and then there was another Australian there, like, training with them. And we were obviously novice, because we were just like, we really want to push ourselves and try and learn something. I think we both progressed quite well. Um, We just, like, pushed each other, and then when other people were not training for a tournament, they would have a bit more time to, like, teach us and stuff. But yeah, then the top Australian player came, came, and this guy, our captain, was just, like, disappointed, which is like, oh, like, there's such a gap. Like, what? Yeah, so did he just like goof around and like take him easy? Or did he just like out wipe the floor with him? He just he just wiped this guy's he wiped the floor. I didn't see the training, but he was like he's like I didn't lose a game. Yeah. You know there's definitely a skill difference when that kind of stuff happens. 
And it was wasn't even um like a, a university student player. It was like, yeah, Australian national player. Yeah, like representing Australia kind of thing. Not just yeah. oh, he's just your average Joe Blue, he's come here to train. It's like top, top, like he's going to Olympics kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was like really surprising to to hear from my my captain. But yeah, the, anyway, that's the mindset, and that's my like personal experience of it, which has brought us to this soccer game where we're watching. It's not even that Tochigi was playing bad, because like they're, mm-hmm. they're players, they were definitely like moving. You could you could tell like they made it to Zenk Taika, they made it to the Nationals for a reason. Yeah, like they're. It's not like they're just the like you know when you get in a round robin in Australia, it's the weakest team. Like these guys are up there doing good. They just had an off day, but I look but, like. On the back foot, the whole game, like, I played soccer last, on it last, you know, the year before, but, like, you know, when you get on the back foot, you know, they score one, they score two, you're on the back foot already, you're trying to look for that opportunity, and sometimes that's where it gets worse, is, you know, you're pushing hard upfield, ball comes back in, your defense is all over the place, they slip two defenders, or two attackers in behind, yeah. there goes another goal, like, you know, I don't even think it was complacency, I just think it was a bit of bad luck on their behalf, like, they got, they had a goal go in early, which is always brings the spirits down. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I, I had a good couple of years playing soccer as well. Um, man, I think it's one of those sports. Hey, like I feel like there's a couple of ways that soccer games go. There's like, just you, you have such a long period of time. You could go for like an entire game and not have a goal. Right. And then like at the yeah. very end, someone slips one in. And that that sucks. That sucks equally as much because you've just like you and the opponents, whoever wins, right? There's a team that's been working the entire game, not at a loss, but at like an even ground. And then at the end, you lose. That sucks. Yeah, like I I played as a defender for like coming back. I played this kid for a long time as a goal in a striker. So two very opposite positions. Came back two years ago because I got convinced into it by the dude I was working for. And, uh, I had a ball, loved it, but they put me as a fullback and like never playing that position. Like it's weird. eh? like, you know, all of a sudden your mindset's changed. It's like, I'm going to do anything I can to stop that person running at me. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> within, within, within the spirit of the game, like, you know, slide tackling still in the spirit of the game, but like, you know, that ball's not going past me kind of thing. Like you better be prepared. If I miss the ball, your legs are going to get hit. I thought, I thought you were going to say, you better be prepared. I will handball if I have to. <laughs> nah, nah. That's that's just dodgy. Whoops, I prefer the, the uh, take the opponent out before the ball. Okay, yeah. That's that's a that's a fair fair way to go about it. But yeah, yeah so I was yeah. going to say, like, that you, like, losing like that also sucks, but then the mindset of, like, the Tochigi team having, like, goals put against them, and then, like, the feeling of needing to like rush in and get a goal, get a goal to come back. It, it, the pressure just mounts and mounts. And like when you're at that level, it's like, we've got to do something. We can't just go out like that. Like, you know, it's, you want to fight. You want to put up that last yeah. stand as per se. Like, you know, it's your last game in high school. Like you want to win it. You're going to put everything into it. And obviously it's a shitty feeling when you lose. They all know that. Like I watched the end of the game and, you know, all the Tochigi players just collapse on the ground. Some of them in tears because obviously it's their last tournament. Um, it's hard. Yeah. And again, like these these are the high school players and they had like proper commentators and stuff. Yeah, but- it, it was fully telecast, proper commentators. 
the stadiums were empty, but I think that's due to COVID. Like they did show a screen, like they shot to uh, Al Modi where they had like all the players on the soccer club sitting in the gym watching. And like, I reckon there was a good 60 players sitting there. Yeah. That weren't even at the pitch. Like that's how competitive it is. You get these clubs where there is ridiculous amounts of numbers in them. They can only pick a side of 11 that, to play on the field for soccer. Then an extended squad of about 18. So like, you know, that's a lot of players and to have another reserves of, you know, 50, 60 players. It's uh, it's definitely a lot. But no, we uh, we'll have to find if you have a sport that we want you want us to talk about or look up. Uh, definitely uh, make sure and let us know. Um, but for now, that was soccer. The Zenkutaikai was very fascinating. Uh, reminded me mm. of a lot of good memories of watching sports and stuff, or participating yeah. in sports in Japan. Watching them's good too. Watching them's pretty right. Pretty all right. On to the news, eh? On to the news segment. So we found two articles here on Japan today. Uh, we're going to try and not focus on COVID stuff because that's a real downer. I mean, we all know it's there. So we're just trying to avoid that. We're trying to bring you some good news, some happy news. Yeah, we all know it's there. Hopefully it'll go away soon. But for now, here's some fun stuff. Yeah, so we're going to be looking at Tokyo Olympics. Um and also pet ownership in Japan. Oh yeah, I actually heard about the the pet ownership. Um, I think it was uh, like I've been watching some Japanese uh, TV. They have a like a browser extension that you can watch it on. And I, I on one of the shows I was watching, they were talking about this as well with pet ownership in Japan on the rise amid pandemic. I think it's good. Like a lot of lonely people out there. Pet ownership's yeah. great. The only problem I see with it is like they're so like in the cities now. You got so many apartment buildings. Like, where do you keep them? Do you gonna have them in an apartment building? Like, what do you do with them? You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many complications when the city is that packed. Unless you start moving out towards the countryside where you can have a dog and that that can run around in the yard. Because like yeah. when I was in Japan, I didn't see many animals. Like, you don't see everyone just walking their dog kind of thing. Yeah, there's there's definitely fewer pet owners in Japan. Um and I think yeah, there's the same problem, right? Like animals need to have their own space, especially yeah, like Isaac and I both have dogs in our in our household, so it's kind of easier to relate on with a dog. But you know, give them a walk, they need to go outside, they need to have their time, you know, and it's almost good cuz I mean for for pet owners who are taking your dogs out for walks and doing the right thing, you know, it gets yourself moving, gets yourself outside. It's a good thing. So, I mean, I think that might also be another, it, it could be a potential reason, I guess, um, to, as to why like people feel lonely and then they want to have something to like take care of. And they're in a, even if they're in a big city lonely, like hopefully that means they get outside and are walking more or doing something else, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I was never really a pet person um, until my fiance decided to buy a dog. And then I'm just kind of stuck with it. But uh, no, I've really enjoyed it. Like, it's, uh, how would you put it? Like, they're good company. Like, we don't live together yet just because of some certain reasons. And, you know, we have two dogs. So she has one and I have one. And, you know, it's always good when you go to bed. Dog snuggles right in. Give it a cuddle. 
give it some pats. Always there, waiting for you when you get home. Yeah, I, I feel think like that's it does why I want. Lot. Yeah, I think that's why I want my own dog sometime. Like right now, the dog at my house is is my little sister's dog, and uh, you can tell because no matter what I do, if I give um, our dog's name is Phoebe, if I give Phoebe a treat, uh, it doesn't matter. She she won't like me as soon as my little sister comes home from work or anywhere. I I, I just get ditched. Um, there's like a ranking system in Phoebe's head. So like, my my little sister is at the very top, and then I think after that is my older sister, and then like I'm pretty sure it's my mother before it's me, and then my dad for whatever reason, who's never done anything to our dog, he's just fed her, given her scratches, taken her on walks, and done all the nice things because he's a nice caring dad. Somehow he's just still at the bottom. Maybe it's because he has a beard, and that's you know. Phoebe's scared of it. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was, you know, yeah, that's why I agree with you. Like, I see that in my sister's relationship with Phoebe and being able to have like the, the cuddles and the like chill, just dog time. And I can understand why if someone's, you know, I, I, I'm like, damn, man, I want my own dog. <laughs> yeah, until they pee and poop in your room and then you don't want dog. <laughs> Well, yeah. Lucky for us, right? Like uh, our dog, whenever she needs to go to the toilet, she'll find. Okay, so the ranking system I just told you about, she'll go to my dad if she needs to go to the toilet because he always asks her if she needs to go outside. He's like, "Phoebe, do you need to go? Out- need to go outside?" And then she like comes to him, and if we ask her that question, she'll run away if she doesn't need to go outside, and then if she does, she'll go to the door. So oh, nice. That's good. Yeah, pretty well trained. I don't know how she got trained that well because we didn't send her to any like training or anything. She just started understanding those words we kept, you know, telling her. I um yeah, I don't our dogs aren't uh, our dogs are trained, but you know, sometimes they get locked inside, you know. I'm out working a lot, so you know, I might come home and there's they need to go to talk, but they obviously can't get out if no one's home. So Yeah. But you know, it's not the end of the world. We have little pee bats around for them, so it's all right. It's all right. I was looking at a quote here. There's a there's a family on the on this news article. The family who wants to stay anonymous. That's fair enough. Um, mm. They said that they wanted to get. They had wanted to get a dog before, uh, and then they began spending more time together at home and whatnot. And so they were like, "All right, let's get a puppy." And so this is during the pandemic. They're like, "All right, let's get a puppy." And so they, they get one, and, and the, the child's reaction is a, is a nice little quote they have. Now I have a younger sibling, says the boy, s- smiling. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. They, growing up with dogs is great. We had a dog growing up. She's still around, but she's almost dead. It's like, you know, like, it's that great uh, companionship almost. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So anyway, pet pet ownership on the rise. Um, tell us what you think. Do you are you a cat person, dog person? Are you a different animal person, bird person? I've I've had we've had birds before. We don't anymore. So that tells you what we thought of it. But hey, <laughs> I'm not ag- I'm not I'm not <laughs> against it. I just personal preference. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not really a fan of animals in general, but I'll settle for dogs. I'll settle for dogs. Um, Tokyo Olympic presents, wait, president, 
I can't read, man. Tokyo Olympic president tries to reassure doubting country. This is about Tokyo Olympics. Big title. Yeah, big title. Um, for anyone who's been under a, under a rock, Tokyo 2020 was supposed <laughs> to be the Olympics. Now it's 2021, but I'm pretty sure they weren't going to change the title, so they were going to keep it. They were going to still call it Tokyo 2020 so that all the merch and all, the, all that stuff stays the same, but it's going to be in 2021. It's going to supposedly be in July or August, I think. Yeah, around the same time in the summer. Yeah. Interesting, eh? Like, you know, because obviously countries are struggling right now in lockdown. It's, we've only got, what, five, six months to that point? Like, what countries are actually going to be able to participate? I was speaking to someone yesterday, and they were saying that by this point, um, the U.S. had predicted that they would have vaccinated 20 million people. They've only vaccinated 1 million. Yeah. So, like, you know, where, where does this leave us in terms of the Olympic Games? Like, are they still going to go ahead? And if they do, who's going to be able to attend? I know Australia has really strict lockdown laws about entering and leaving the country. Like, you obviously can't leave. Australians that are abroad are still struggling to come back. So, it's going to be interesting. I think, yeah, logistics... Uh, around the world for each country is going to play a big role and uh, different policies for yeah what other countries are thinking for us for australia it depends i guess we'll see from now on out because australia also has a pretty ambitious goal at the end of march i think they're looking for uh four million people vaccinated um so i guess if if um leading towards the olympic games if they want to make sure that all their athletes are, are vaccinated to go over, that might be a thing. I I think that the, the Olympics will go on probably um, like no matter what, but it's just whether or not that, that has a crowd. Um, if, if there's enough, you know what the regulations are, what Japan's doing about having crowds there, or if they're just going to make it like a broadcasting thing. Um, and yeah, like for, athletes coming from different countries, uh, what the regulations are, are going to be. It'll be interesting to see a little bit more as it, as it comes. Yeah, for sure. Like, I think that, you know, they're going to have to set some strict guidelines coming into them. Like, they're going to have to set up a bubble like Australia's done in terms of its sport and that. It's not just as easy as rocking up and participating like every other year. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll get back to that soon, but... Oh, we wish. Um, yeah, but if, you know, if we keep going, like, if the vaccine rate goes like what they're saying. Theoretically, we should all be vaccinated by start next year. But like, yeah, that's if everything goes smoothly. Yeah. What do, What do you think about the? Uh, what, what What do you think about the Olympics? Do you think it's going to go on? I th- Japan Japan said that they want to get everyone vaccinated by the Olympics. I'm pretty sure they want their entire population vaccinated by then. It'll it'll happen. Like the Olympics will happen. The Olympic Olympic Committee has said that it's going ahead no matter what. They can't delay it because you know it's every four years. They have to give their time, athletes time to qualify, train, rest, you know, recover. Yeah. Um. So it'll it'll definitely go ahead. Um. What countries can attend? It's going to look very different this year, though. Yeah, definitely. It'll look different, but hey, I'm still excited to have a look and see. And at the very least, here's something that I think a lot of people don't think about. Um, it, that really like Japan, that like Tokyo, uh, they see the investment 
that Japan as a country has made in all the venues and stuff. And yeah, given that some of the venues are, could be, could be judged as unnecessary because they have other venues that they could have used, um, which would have saved them money. You can still see that there are plenty of things that were done with train stations being more accessible, having elevators put in, having uh, escalators. Um, there was a lot of work. The general infrastructure. Yeah, general infrastructure. That's a good way to put it. For for a lot of these kind of areas in Tokyo has been upgraded um, in, in light of the Olympics uh, coming. So they worked really hard on that. And so I don't think it's to waste. I think that um, in years to come, the infrastructure will be super helpful in such a, a big city where it is hard to upgrade infrastructure. You need a lot of money to move. Uh, when you have subways down below, you have roads with packed cars up top and you have trains and you have all these big buildings. Like you need a lot of money to make sure that you, you're getting in and you're doing it right. And so I think, you know, the infrastructure upgrades that have happened will be beneficial uh, for years to come. That is definitely one area that I do feel sorry for them. Like they've sunk a lot of money into all this, like a lot of money. And the revenue that was meant to come out of the Olympics obviously is not coming out of it because you, you know, not a lot of people can go. The restrictions are going to be heavy. So I do feel sorry for them. They're losing a lot of money over this. Yeah. And, and particularly because J- Japan's a country that makes their money from, you know, foreign visitors. It's, it's rough. But I mean, you know, they'll get through it and uh, hopefully everything, you know, We'll keep going fine, not to focus too much on the pandemic, but it is a is a thing for, for this Olympics coming up. Uh yeah. Mm. She'll be right. That's the Aussie way, right? Sure. She'll be right, mate. Yeah, she'll be right. She'll be right. I'm not sure if I said it before, but you know, I'm half half Canadian, born in Canada and then came half halfway through my life to Australia, so you know, still trying to learn some of this thing. Make sure and time it right. Yeah. Um. When will we wrap up on news? I do want to throw a huge shout out to Daniel. He's uh, done the music for our podcast. And we've had a lot of help from other people as well. And he's studying audio engineering. So he's like looked after us a lot with the music and helping us get our sounds right and all this other stuff that I'm not technically good at or you for that matter. I mean, you're a lot more advanced than I am, but my skills aren't very good. Big, oh, big oof. Yeah, no, da- shout out to Daniel. Thank you very much. So if you guys enjoyed the music uh, that starts at the beginning of our podcast, that's uh, Daniel's creation for us. Uh, a little little cheeky ask. We said, hey, man. Well, Isaac Isaac told me about him, and then we gave him an ask and said, hey, man, can you make some, some music for us? And he gladly, he made us a, a beautiful intro. I, you know, I put it onto the podcast. It sounded pretty nice. You know, good job, Dan. I love it. Um, and so hopefully, yeah. So he's been also helping us with some some audio stuff. Um, I I was into audio a good couple of years ago, so it's definitely been a help to be able to talk to Dan and catch up on some of the some of the stuff that's been happening as he's been like more recently uh, into it. But hence now. Uh, you guys are listening to hopefully this is better audio, especially with uh, Isaac's new mic and uh, another shout out for his mic. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's all that we have for today. 
that was our, our topics. Um, if again, we list our, our topics in podcast zero. So this is another, ch- another chance for everyone. If you've got ideas, if you've got stuff that you want us to talk about, let us know. Um, we'll have links available over at YouTube shortly when the YouTube stuff's coming out. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed um, today today's regional Osaka topic, sports, and, and news. Anything else for the, for the people, Isaac? Thank you. No, just thanks for listening. Catch us next time on episode four. Catch you later. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny.